every single time I take a female bikini figure physique competitor off of their egg white and boneless, skinless chicken breast diet and put them on red meat, their iron and B12 levels come up. Uh, their performance changes, their body composition changes, their general sense of well-being, their energy changes. Welcome to the Vince Del Monte Podcast Show, where each week we bring you the raw and real experiences, lessons, and timeless principles every man needs to master the five M's of manhood. By sharing conversations with the world's most successful people pursuing the five M's, you'll build muscle faster, achieve a winner's mindset, increase your money, dominate your mission, and go the distance with your marriage. My name is Vince Del Monte, entrepreneur, author, pro fitness model, and father. And I've helped tens of thousands of men transform their bodies and lives through muscle, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Hey, it's Vince Del Monte. Welcome back. You made a great decision tuning in today because today's episode is a doozy. And we are here with Stan Efferding. If you don't know Stan, it means you've been living under a rock the last 25 years, and we're going to fix that today. (laughs) And I'm going to introduce you to him first, and then I'm going to tell you what you're going to learn in this podcast. And I'll just tell you quickly, you want to grab a pen and paper for this one because he drops some massive knowledge bombs. So Stan is an IFBB pro bodybuilder, a world record holding powerlifter, and he is one of the only 10 men in the world to ever total over 23. 300 pounds raw in competition. He is the world's strongest bodybuilder. <laughs> I think he's around 50 years old or so, and the dude is a beast. Man, when he walked in, I was like, holy mackerel, this is how I want to look in five, 10 years from now. And I probably will never look like that, but man, he quickly commands attention and respect, and he's just an awesome dude. So just to give you a few more things, Stan studied exercise science at the University of Oregon, and he's been training high school, collegiate, and professional athletes for over 25 years. He conducts seminars all over the country for various sports and nutrition and training techniques. He's the founder of the Vertical Diet, which is one of our main topics of conversation today. I was turned on by it by um, my coach, Granville Mares, who said, Vinny, you got to get on this diet. I wanted to learn all about it. I'm already implementing some of the uh, strategies within it, noticing improved sleep, recovery, performance, metabolism, and you're going to learn how to experience some of those same benefits right away with some of the hacks, if you will, that he shares with us right out of the gate in this call. And, um, you know, Stan's written for virtually every single magazine in the industry. And one of the reasons I wanted to get him on, because this is the M5 podcast after all, where we help men maximize muscle, mindset, money, mission, and marriage, is we talk about how he integrates this all with family near the end of the call. And about a third, or sorry, two thirds into the call, we dig into his entrepreneur lessons and his mistakes because he's built up three different startup businesses into the million. Sorry, never mind, not million, multi million dollar level. So Stan is ultra successful. You'll also learn about his big lessons from his time on Shark Tank and when he secured a deal with one of the sharks. This was awesome. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, you're going to want to definitely stay tuned when he uh, starts sharing some of the things he learned from that experience, as well as we really help you get focused on chasing the dollar bills and not chasing the nickels when it comes not just to business, but to your health. What actually matters? What moves the needle? And these are things that he's learned over his last 30 years. So 
Stan's really big on avoiding gimmicks and, you know, red shiny objects, if you will. So stay tuned. I think you're going to really enjoy this. It was a true honor to have him uh, over at the Athletic Leaders in Mississauga. And then afterwards, we got a lift in and Stan helped me hit a personal best in my deadlift, which was unplanned. I had no intention of doing that today, that day. But when you got the world's strongest bodybuilder in the gym, you got to go for it. So that'll be a YouTube video coming out really soon as well. So you guys can see some of the tips that he shares with me to get the most out of your deadlift and man oh man i've been doing this for 15 years and i never knew these tips so anyways that's a separate piece of value for you guys on another platform for another day for now enjoy the show yo this is such an honor man stan efforty and i gotta say uh, <laughs> i'm a little starstruck right now thanks for coming on over and uh we're gonna have a killer time here today no problem at all well, it's been a hell of a trip i lost my bags Oh my god! At the airport last night, and uh, you know I'm a big fan of the CPAP. Uh huh. And it's probably been—it's been a couple of years. I was actually on a trip to Canada a couple uh-huh. years ago. I came up here, and they lost my bag. Oh my gosh! And I woke up the next morning. I was hoarse, and my eyes were bloodshot. And uh, I got on Craigslist and, and found 20 minutes up the road somebody had to use CPAP. And so, oh man, I talk about the CPAP. And, just to make sure I don't want anybody to not know what you're talking about. <clears throat> what happens is when you get to training, your neck gets thick. Mm-hmm. It's not always about, uh, you know, a bad BMI, although that's a pretty big contributor is mm-hmm. just being overweight. But um, it ends up crowding the airway and you, you end up holding your breath at night. Mm-hmm. And that's called sleep apnea. And it causes so many problems, high blood pressure, you know, a host of other problems. But just being tired, not recovering from workouts, holding your breath all night, losing sodium, waking up just exhausted. Oh. And I did that for years back in college or just after college as my weight climbed from 230, 240, 250, 260. It got worse and worse and worse. Wow. And so eventually, uh, you know, I was driving to work in the morning falling asleep. No kidding, and yeah. It's exhausting. No kidding. You don't recover from workouts. Progress just halts. And uh, there's so many other, you know, negative things that, that go along with that. But uh, the CPAP is like a 99.9% cure, if, if you can use that word with anything sure. these days. You put that thing on, you wake up the next morning, it's like your life changed. You're out cleaning the gutters, mowing your lawn, washing your cars. Oh. The world changes. It's, and I don't say that about too many things. Yeah. I'm not a big supplement guy and yeah. all that other stuff. But it's life changing. I've been obviously you know, talking a lot about it every time I get on. How long have you been using it? Well, I tell you, since the early 90s, mm. uh, there was a 10-year period there which I didn't compete, that my weight dropped down mm. uh, 220, 215. I didn't need it. Mm. And then as I started getting back into competition, my weight started climbing. Uh-huh. Then the apnea uh, resurfaced, uh-huh. and so I, I used it. And so uh, I travel with it. I nap with it. I sleep with it every night. Um, it sounds like my teddy bear, right? Yeah. I take it everywhere I go. And uh, last night I didn't have it, so of course yeah. I woke up early this morning, and again I was just—you can feel it. Beat. You can yeah. feel it. You walk around in a fog, you know, huh. that brain fog. Huh. So you got some high-level guys doing this now too. Yeah, you know, I was shocked to find out that that Hofthor Bjornsson and Brian Shaw did mm-hmm. not have a CPAP. I guess you—it's kind of like they say you throw a frog in cold water and turn yeah. the heat on, it'll boil to death or whatever. Right. I don't know what the, but I don't know if there's any truth to that. But throw it in hot water, jumps right out. Right. So I guess people just over time they get used to feeling shitty. Right. I say that about uh, cops and donut shops. They yeah. don't know how bad they feel uh-huh. because that's how they feel every day, all day. And it's not until you fix that problem or the same thing with nutrition, you start right. eliminating certain foods that you didn't realize were, you know, 
uh, wreaking havoc on your yeah. body. With respect to my vertical diet, people, you stray, you pay. Yeah. You know, you get on a program of health, and all of a sudden you start feeling better, uh-huh. and then, all, then you end up at a Carl's Jr. a pizza place, and, and you're pissed at me because yeah. you're wrecked. Yeah. But you were always wrecked. You uh-huh. just didn't recognize it because that was your you know, your general circumstance. That's the way you lived every day. You get used to it. Yeah. You get used to the stink of the dogs in your house, the you know, the wet dogs, until a friend comes over and it's like, dude, it stinks like wet dog in here. And you don't even realize it. You know, cigarette smokers not realizing how nasty their car smells. And right. I don't mean to go on and on, but the point is, is that, that you get conditioned to a new norm. You do. You do. And until you start fixing these things, you don't realize how significant it is. Mm-hmm. To get back to the CPAP, my God, it, it, it was life changing for these people to be able to. So this was a big needle problem. mover for you. This is this is a big, this one this, in the eighty twenty rule. This is one of those things that moves the needle. Oh, it's huge! Yeah, it's the number one thing I put in my in my vertical diet download. Uh-huh. Sleep. This is first because it's most important. Gotcha. And it, 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 it just leads off for everything. Uh, what we call uh, on Mind Pump called the big rocks. Right. Yes. Uh, and it's uh, it's a priority. Yeah. I focus on that. I would rather have somebody uh, sleep than train uh-huh. if it was compromised. Interesting. That's why I've said many times about female athletes. They're notorious for getting up at four o'clock in the morning to do an hour uh-huh. of fasted cardio after only five hours of sleep. Right. I say they're picking. Stepping over hundred dollar bills to pick up nickels or yes. metabolism, or, yeah, you know all of the things that love that, that analogy. It, it's you know it's a it's a losing battle. So, so who turned you on to this? Where did you start? You know, really focusing on identifying, getting the most from the lease, and you know, working smarter, not just harder. Because you're talking about yes, you you can push, you can hit the gas pedal, but you're also talking about steering right now. You're talking about the brakes, you know, and ensure that the car doesn't crash. Yeah. Boy, I wish I had somebody that had taught me that 30 years ago. Uh-huh. I just, I was like a lot of people. I just started grinding and, and you just figured out along the way, Hey, I hit this roadblock. Uh-huh. You end up with these, on these plateaus or just, just progress stalls and you got to kind of dig down deep and you're, looking around for gimmicks and tricks mm. or maybe I can take some creatine mm. or maybe there's some shortcut stack or cycle that's going to fix this problem and you find out after a while it's the same thing with bad technique in powerlifting or weightlifting yeah. you know you can get pretty far but eventually you're going to top out huh. and that's kind of what happened all along the way I just discovered that, that hey there's it's these little things or what you might have yeah. previously considered mm. to be little things that matter Let's talk about some more non-sexy little things. So you got the CPAP. What, what next? What were some of the other game? Yeah, I don't like the word game changers. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I know if either, anything is a game changer, but like, if we are, were to use that term, yeah. You know, I came in here this morning and the first conversation that came up was about sodium. It seems uh-huh. to be such a hot topic now. Yeah. Uh, I've been talking about it for a couple of years. It's probably one of the biggest things that I hear from uh, clients or people who follow my stuff. Uh, you know, all over the world, they'll reach out to me. The email said, "Dude, I started salting my food, and I set a twenty kilo PR huh. uh, at powerlifting meets. That's, That's the huge. first thing people twenty tell kilo me. PR and it from salting your foods. If previously, well, let's just make sure they're straight. What kind of salt are we looking here? For? You know, I refer to Dr. D. Nicolantonio's research, author of the Salt Fix. He's uh-huh. an extraordinary, uh, well-researched individual, PhD in pharmacology. Uh, he mentions that that uh, Redmond Real Salt is, uh-huh. is is one of the better Redmond salts. Salt. Redmond Real Salt because mm-hmm. it's from an ancient seabed, so it doesn't have uh, a lot of uh, uh, say microplastics yeah. in it that, that would be from say a sea salt. Um, it's pretty pure. It does have some iodine in it. Yeah, not a lot. A lot of people avoid iodine. 
yeah, that's a shame too. And we, we might get there today, but <laughs> another key component, you know, right. probably not a game changer, but certainly significant for some people uh-huh. with, with thyroid uh, deficiencies. But, uh, so yeah, pink salt's fine. Uh-huh. I usually chase iodine some, in my diet, I use cranberry juice because gotcha. it's, it's more potent. Huh. Uh, it's, like with post workout or does it matter? Uh, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just, it's another micronutrient mm-hmm. that, that the body needs that you should get from nutrition I like it, yeah. first yeah. before supplementation. And so I find an optimal source, a highly bioavailable you know, uh-huh. uh, source that has a significant amount in it, and I include it in my diet. Mm. I do that across the board with everything. If I need iron and B12, I'm mm. going to go to red meat. Mm. You know, If I need omega-3s, I'm going to go to a salmon. Mm. If I need choline and biotin and K2, I'm going to use egg yolks. Yes. So I, just, I try to find the, the foods that provide me uh, the most easy to digest, gotcha. most easily to assimilate. Uh-huh. You know, what, what kind of calories are you putting back daily? Because uh, I'm still around forty five hundred. Wow, calories. That's to, is that to maintain? And that's to, to maintain. I have yeah. a bit of a metabolism. Always have. <laughs> yeah, you look fantastic, work. by the way. Thank you. You look I'm, like man. You just command attention when you walked out of the room. I'm like, oh, he's here. He's here. <laughs> you know, and I'm embarrassed to say, you know, now because I worked so hard throughout all my career. Uh huh. Uh, how little I have to do to maintain. I uh-huh. say it's twice as hard to gain, half as hard to maintain. Uh-huh. But I'm consistent with everything, all these little yeah. details that we uh-huh. just broke into, always with the CPAP, always with salting my food, always with getting you know, good, really high-quality mm. uh, whole foods uh, frequently throughout the day. I yeah. never miss meals. And yeah. It's really not about overeating. And this isn't a, you know, a Brian Shaw program sure. I'm talking about here. This uh-huh. is just me at 50 years old uh-huh. trying to maintain my lean mass, uh-huh. exercise regularly, my 10-minute walks. Yeah. That's something I still do. Yeah. On your own, you take the kids, or you integrating the family into some of your you know, exercise protocols now? That's the great thing about 10-minute yeah. walks yeah. is that there's, they're so sustainable and easy uh-huh. to employ. At the airport, I could do it. Right. This morning at the hotel, I'd no, just walk around circles around the hotel or you run into the uh, treadmill at their little uh, you know, gym yeah. there. Um, after breakfast in the morning, uh, while my daughter's eating, I'll take a walk or I'll walk her to school. Uh-huh. The kids can come ride their bikes uh-huh. uh, every night before bed. I, I try and get three 10-minute walks in a day. And it's, it's not about just about conditioning, yeah. which it is very effective for, yeah. a brisk walk. Uh, you know, Dr. Stuart McGill uses it yeah. for, for the back mechanic, uses it mm-hmm. for stabilization of the core. It's yeah. really helpful for the lower back. Mm. Um, I use it for improving insulin sensitivity, for nutrient partitioning, uh-huh. for, you know, the foods that you eat and whether or not those get utilized as uh, glycogen storage or the yeah. amino acid uptake from the stimulus from the muscles. So it's important to me that, that uh, I use movement uh-huh. to, uh, you know, stay healthy and to, to utilize my, the foods that I eat more mm-hmm. effectively. Uh, and I do it with frequency. Yeah. This isn't, you know, an hour at the end of the day. The body wants to be moved a lot. Uh-huh. And that not only helps, again, with digestion and insulin sensitivity and all that and improving your VO2 max, but it helps with injury prevention. Right. Just to, you know, I talked about how bad my knees were for, yeah. for a decade. Yeah. Uh, and the kinds of things that you do that just create a lot of blood flow. Uh-huh. And there's another research report, I think it was the New York Times recently, about um, how important it is for memory. Yeah. How they do the 10-minute walks with college students and how it improves their test scores. See, simple stuff. Uh, it's extraordinary. And you see, you know, in, in some societies, uh, Japan, China, the kids every 45 minutes get up and they do calisthenics and move around. Huh. So I, it's, it's, you know, I hate using the word, but the 10-minute walks are life-changing. Yeah, they it's really fantastic. Are. Yeah. And that's whether you're 
a 400-pound strongman yeah. like Thorin Shaw, mm-hmm. who I use it for performance enhancement. Yeah. Or you're a 120-pound bikini girl uh-huh. dieting for a show at a calorie deficit. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it works on both ends of yeah. the spectrum. So pre- not, I hate to say prevent, but it can definitely ameliorate uh-huh. some of the metabolic adaptation that occurs with a, at a calorie restriction. That's fantastic. And that's the battle. You know, that's the big fight. Uh-huh. Can, I, can I stave off my body's uh, natural tendency to slow metabolism? Uh-huh. Uh, and the same thing on the other end with the big guys. Uh-huh. Can I somehow prevent uh, insulin resistance? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because when you start gaining weight, right. eating a lot of food, the first thing that happens is the insulin resistance. And now right. you're partitioning towards fat storage. I got it. So on both ends of the spectrum, yeah. we employ these little things like uh-huh. a little more sleep, a 10-minute walk. Little tweaks. Little tweaks and things here and there to, to try and uh, battle your body's own defense mechanisms. How about another one more tweak? So I want to hear all about the vertical diet. I'm jumping on it. Uh, yeah. My coach, Coach Granville, has been ranting and raving about it. Yeah. And I know the whole internet's raving about it. And I've heard you on Ben Pakulski's podcast. And that sure. was when I really got intrigued. It makes a lot of yeah. sense. But another little tweak, you know, something um, maybe a guy growing up in a gym who hasn't really invested in their education may not know. I mean, Jim, I'd love to hear like, uh, like the, 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 the mindset to go the distance with the weights because I feel like the gym takes more than gives back to most guys. It does. And you know what? Long term. They don't realize it in the short term. Yeah. The big thing is, is, is that I think most people train hard enough. I really do. Mm. Matter of fact, most of my experience is most of them overtrain. Mm. Uh, if you can say that or you could say under recover, which gets us mm. to this, what you just asked, the question you just asked. What's the most important thing for these folks is that they understand that you don't build muscle in the gym. Mm. It's like they say with dieting, you know, your abs are built in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and you hate to, to keep repeating these old mantras, but they're true. Uh-huh. And when you uh, step outside of the gym and figure out that's just the stimulus, yeah. and the recovery and the results really come from how disciplined you are mm-hmm. in doing all the other things. And that's the sleep, that's the hydration, that's the nutrition. Those are the things that, that uh, build uh, you know, right. a, a consistent, progressive Future. That's what gets you through plateaus. Keeps you going. Uh, is the is the persistence and all those things. And unfortunately, it's you know it's not glamour. Mm-hmm. It can be time consuming. Yeah. You know, however, prepping those meals, which is yeah. one of the key uh, ingredients to success, whether yeah. losing or gaining weight, is uh-huh. meal prep. Yeah. And the, there's been plenty of meta analysis done on this, on studies on who's the most has the most successful outcomes when dieting. Right. And the meta analysis says three things. One is meal prep. Yeah. Whether you prep or you buy meal prep, even if it's if it's Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, yeah. you know, blasphemy on our on our show, right? To no talk kidding. about those folks. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is it is a calorie equation first yes. and foremost. And I understand as well as anybody that hormones are are, are a key component to, sure. to progress. But again, the big rocks. Yeah, the big rocks. It's it's a calorie equation, and if you're able to manage that, whether at a deficit or a surplus, yeah. Consistently, which is what you have to do mm-hmm. over an extended period of time, then that's going to be your primary driver of success. So whether you prep or you buy prep, uh, and that's on both ends of the spectrum, uh-huh. you have to be able to track uh, the calorie. I, I have a question because I know you're an extremely successful businessman as well. Did your uh, business success uh, transfer to your fitness or vice versa? Because what you're talking about is what gets measured gets managed. Yes. And you can't you know, scale a business if you're not – monitoring the key metrics same thing in the gym if you're not measuring the key numbers i mean you don't have critical numbers you can't measure what you're not going to be able to multiply anything yeah you know i I definitely trained before 
uh, I was running my own businesses. Mm. I ran businesses for other people for many years and was quite successful for the same reason I was successful in bodybuilding and powerlifting without any real genetic predisposition. My pops is, you know, 5'10", 160. Mm. I was 140 pounds in college. So I, I don't necessarily did you, think, did you have a nickname back then? 140 pounds? Is there a nickname? I had a bunch of nicknames. <laughs> I, I care not to even remember. I have to go back through my, I have to talk to my psychiatrist about that, which ones I can. But the, the big thing for me was the lesson that I learned was, and I've, I've said this many times recently, uh, growing up, I had these, these, uh, I was OCD and I used to count my steps and I, uh, I had all sorts of these weird repetitive behaviors. Uh-huh. And I used to think it was something I had to hide and, 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 you know, something that I was embarrassed about. And then as I realized, as I got into bodybuilding and powerlifting and later into business, mm-hmm. those repetitive behaviors were the key to my success because this is what bodybuilding is about. I just said counting calories, counting sets, counting mm-hmm. reps, uh, you know, sleep, just being disciplined and consistent mm-hmm. and every day doing the, you know, repeating what works. And in business, it turned out to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not home runs. It's the dingers. Getting on base. Yes. Every yeah. <laughs> single day, making those lists, prioritizing the action items, and just banging away. We both, many of us, have watched Mark Bell over the last yeah. 10 years create an extraordinarily successful business with yeah. consistency. Yeah. Nobody puts up more content than that guy. Uh-huh. And it's, he's not out hitting home runs. Yes. You know? so, so let's talk about that because right now we live in the day and age of Instagram where everybody's comparing uh, your today to their before, which isn't a fair comparison. So, yeah. But what they should be doing is comparing your before to their before. So, so what were you doing in the early days when Stan was ramping up towards becoming the world's strongest bodybuilder? What, what, what were the daily disciplines? You know, it, it's against the boring stuff. I didn't. You know, join a fraternity in college. I didn't mm. hang out late. I was in mm. bed by 10 o'clock every night. I, I never could miss a meal. I was packing stuff into my bag and taking it to the uh, classes with me and eating in class. And I'm the same way today. I don't even compete. It's been five years since I've competed. Uh-huh. I carry around my thermos and, uh-huh. I, and I preach about it all over the place. And I put a link to Amazon, buy your thermos, your little 24-ounce thermos and heat your meal up before you leave the house so that yeah. you've got it. Uh, you know, so regularly you can get your, your food in. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So tell me, you know, what were some of the big early mistakes you made that like kind of got your attention that you had to kind of shift from gas pedal to steering and, and just managing the car? Yeah. The biggest one first was, is I was eating too little and training too much. Mm -hmm. I was working out two hours a day, six days a week, you know, way too many sets and reps and, Uh and volume, too much fatigue, never recovering. And it's eating chicken breast and, and egg whites and, uh, gotcha. uh, you know, rice cakes and just not enough calories. Uh-huh. Uh, so then I flipped the script and I started training a little bit less, a little bit heavier, uh, shorter. How'd you figure that out? Is it a mentor? You know, I didn't. I, I just didn't make much progress uh-huh. over a few years. And then I, I did come across a mentor, a gentleman by the name of Mark Delp, who promoted bodybuilding shows and owned oh. a gym back in Eugene, Oregon, where I went to college. And he says, no, you're training too much and you're eating too little. And it was mm. really counterintuitive. Yeah, because I saw the guy behind the desk at the gym was getting ready for a show, and he was eating, you know, canned mm. tuna out of the can and some rice cakes. Huh. And so I thought, well, that's bodybuilding food. Huh. And you know, unfortunately, it's still happening today. Huh. And that's why I, I love to be able to talk about this. And yeah. I guess I'm repetitive, but every time we, ca- we I catch the net catches another person yeah. uh, suffering from the same mm. uh, preconceived notions. Yeah. I just got a. 
uh, a DM this morning from a woman in Finland, mm. of all places, who wrecked herself getting ready for a show. And I get yeah. these weekly, sure, if not daily now. Yeah. Uh, who uh, just over-dieted, over-cardioed, over-restricted, uh, and then it just fell apart. Metabolic yeah. adaptation uh, occurred. And, you know, we don't want to talk about any potential permanent conditions, yeah. obviously, but, um, you know, they just end up completely wrecked. They lost a lot of muscle, and so you have to get them to start focusing on being healthy first and getting the body to work for itself. So did the vertical diet come to be to solve your own issues or to solve clients or a combo? A combo, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of the things that I've learned over you know, the 30 years of my career. Obviously, I've, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I Having competed in powerlifting, I used food to gain as much size and mm-hmm. strength as I possibly could, and I also used it to try and get down to 4% body fat. Right. And I did that over and over and over again for decades. Mm. And so, yeah, I really understand dieting very well. Mm. And I've used those methods with my athletes and I've learned from them. It's always a collaboration. Yeah. I get feedback. A client just yesterday was having a little bit of trouble uh, with his diet. And I just had him take pictures of all of his food and send it to me. Everything he ate all day long. And the actual can or, or box or mm. bag that it came in uh, and with the ingredients label. Because I want to be that specific about oh. Uh, what's inside the food you're eating and how you're preparing it and, wow. and all of that. So, and we were able to find just a few little things in there. I mm-hmm. work with Stephanie Sanzo from, uh, you know, Steph Fitmum from Australia. Okay. And we'd worked together for months uh, before uh, I, I get some feedback that, that I had told her to eat three or four baby carrots with a few meals a day. Mm-hmm. And so she's eating 120 grams. Well, I don't know what necessarily, <laughs> I'm 120 grams. I had to actually go weigh that. Yep. And look at it. And that's a huge pile of carrots. And so we couldn't figure out why she was having trouble with uh, some bloating. Uh-huh. And so just small little adjustments sometimes can make a huge difference in, in you know regularity, gut health, and digestion. Do you have a service where people uh, can send you in their food pictures? Like, like what's, the high, are, what's, the, what's the most access that you provide as a coach these Well, days? these are clients. So I do online uh-huh. coaching for, for a lot of people. Uh-huh. And uh, I have a partner, um, uh, Damon McCune, who's a registered dietitian and, a, yeah. and has a PhD in exercise phys. From, uh, and he was head of the dietetic department at uh-huh. UNLV. And so we've collaborated uh-huh. uh, on, on producing these diets for folks and monitoring them. So yeah, if somebody needs some personal attention, mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, 95% of it is in the vertical diet. So, so you can fix 95% once you get on the vertical diet. Yeah. And then there's little tweaks with that last part. Absolutely. That's if amazing. you That's think awesome. you need more help, then it's it's there and available for you. I can put a personal eye on it. But I created the diet over the course of many years. Yeah. And every time somebody asked, asked me a question, I went in and made an adjustment uh-huh. to, you know, did just a, a FAQs are in there. So that I've addressed the vast majority and it covers everything. It's not just a diet. Yeah. I cover sleep, sleep hygiene. I cover hydration, pre-workout, intra-workout, hydration, competition. Right. Uh, I talk about, you know, the big rocks for hypertrophy and strength yeah. training. I talk about HIIT training versus, so everything's in there and I'm very specific about exactly what foods to eat. Yeah. And I, I take a little, you know, guff from that, from the industry yeah. about not being more flexible uh-huh. and maybe seeming somewhat restrictive. Uh-huh. But I've just found that if you if you leave too many options open, then yeah. people are filling in the gaps with things that can completely undo everything that you're trying to do. Hey, what's your what's your intent? Hey, by the way, have you got Damon John on the vertical diet yet, or what? <laughs> no, not yet. I got to work on Damon. Damon travels a lot, so yeah. he uh, and he likes his food, but he's working on it. Well, we'll come back to Shark Tank in a bit. So, uh, yeah, how is your um, you know your uh, public figure? So you know 
there's no immunity to taking you know criticism from anyone. So how what is your take on responding to say challenges in your approach? Um, do you pick and choose them or you know? Give because there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this too, and they get caught up in kind of lost in debates when you know the information is sound. But how do you how do you just navigated yeah. that arena? The challenge is is that you can't paint with a broad brush. That everybody's an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about things being dose dependent and individualistic. Some mm-hmm. people may respond poorly to dairy. They may respond more poorly to um, high gas vegetables like broccoli, gotcha. and cauliflower, and whatever with with gas and bloating. And some people might have. Uh, you know, GERD or acid reflux issues. So, so, you know, it's hard to paint with a broad brush. I've tried to to find, uh, you know, like I said, I made an actual list of foods that I thought were the most likely to to create success and the least likely to create complications and problems. Can we go through some of them? Yeah, uh, I think they're fascinating. You know, I know I know them, and I love for the listeners to kind of like understand to pique their curiosity. To you know, we'll get all your stuff in the show notes in there, so people can jump on board. But yeah. like, let's get them starting to think like, hey, what could I integrate maybe this week to start feeling something different? Well, a lot of folks they end up uh, demonizing certain foods, particularly mm-hmm. when they start dieting. Um, or they uh, end up uh, dirty bulking. Oh. And so, again, without the broad brush, I've, I've now just addressed two ends of the spectrum, sure. the, the, the powerlifter, bodybuilder, strong man that wants to gain size and strength, and your uh, bikini figure fitness physique people who want to lose huh. body fat. And, and uh, both of them, I think, need to be very selective about the types of foods that they eat. So I've gone beyond macros. They're certainly important. Proteins, fats, and carbs, certainly important. And I, I try and look into micros. Mm. Uh, because I've noticed that with restriction, when people switch to uh, egg whites and white fish and broccoli, they end up micronutrient deficient. Uh-huh. Iron, B12, zinc, a lot of things that are really critical. They tend to demonize fruit. Uh-huh. And uh, I've demonstrated my diet with a significant amount of research how beneficial fruit can be uh-huh. uh, for the metabolism and, and the, the vitamins and minerals that it provides as well. It actually raises body temperature. Uh-huh. Um, and it, uh, it improves liver function dose-dependent. Uh-huh. Now, fructose can, in excess, lead to fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. There's no question. But in the absence of carbohydrates, we find that, that the metabolism will slow down. Mm-hmm. The liver is responsible for many, many things, 400 functions in the body. And I found that fruit can improve your AST, ALT enzymes uh-huh. uh, in the right dose. And I've also found that it can help keep your metabolism uh, uh, elevated and your body temperature elevated. Uh, and I found that it, uh, when the liver is healthy, yeah. the liver converts T4 into T3, the inactive to active form. About 80% of that happens in the liver. So, so you like a little fruit throughout the day? I do. I use it. You know, I hate to say this. I, I, I like to almost dose it like medicine, I yeah, say. I like it. Because you don't want to pound yourself yeah. with 150 grams of fructose. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. this isn't a soda pop uh-huh. solution. Uh, anything in excess is going to be harmful. But what you do want to do is continue to stimulate your metabolism. We talk yeah. about metabolic adaptation and, yeah. and, you know, you don't get enough sleep or you start restricting calories and your body starts to slow down. Yeah. Your, your thyroid starts to slow down. Uh-huh. Um, I try and stimulate that a little bit. Of, that's what the iodine is for. It stimulates thyroid. Mm. Now, in the industry, we've compensated for that. We just take thyroid. Right. Sure. In the industry, we compensate for muscle loss from calorie restriction. We just take right. steroids. So they're not comp- they're not treating the root problem. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want to get in with nutrition and with the proper training and the yeah. proper sleep to try and support that on the front end, so you don't end up, you know, having these problems after the fact. Gotcha. And so I do. I keep fruit in. People take dairy out. Yeah. Well, calcium is pretty important, and it's not just for bones. Mm-hmm. Calcium is important for a lot of things. Part of the chemical messaging throughout the body. 
uh, it's, it's, it can be good for uh, relaxation, contraction of the blood vessels, yeah. control of blood pressure. Uh, it's pretty critical for, for a lot of things. And so I do include uh, one of the most bioavailable sources right. is, is going to be a dairy source. Huh. Uh, some people have problems with milk, so I go to a Greek yogurt. It seems huh. to be easier for people to, mm. to, to manage. Uh, or you go with a hard cheese like a cheddar and that has less lactose even yet. Not a lot, just enough, just yeah. a little to keep that in there. So I'm not uh, restrictive in the sense that I eliminate entire food groups. Uh-huh. I just try and pick the kinds of foods that, that give you the micronutrients you need and don't give you all the gas and bloating and, and indigestion. I like it. There are uh, some other things that I do that uh, generally when people go on diets, they, they'll get rid of red meat. Mm. And I just for I mean, so many fitness models when I've competed, I've competed for mm. years in that space. They're, they're actually a scared, scared of steak. I met yeah. a guy in the grocery store once and he, and he was, he couldn't believe I had steak in my shopping cart. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. And I've seen it with my athletes every single time I take uh, a female bikini figure physique competitor mm-hmm. off of their egg white and boneless, skinless chicken breast diet mm-hmm. and put them on red meat. And I think primarily for women in deficits because of the iron and the B12 that they're restricting. Then uh, they tend to be iron deficient and yeah. B12 deficient more than men. And when I put the red meat in, and I also add in a little bit of vitamin C because that increases the iron absorption. Uh, and I do that either with an orange or with peppers. Hmm. Uh, peppers has a, even more vitamin C than orange. Oh. And their iron and B12 levels come up. Uh, their performance changes, their body composition changes, their general sense of well-being, their energy changes. Of course, we've added the sodium in, so now that they have more stamina and endurance during their workouts, which is something historically they had avoided. Yeah. Uh, sodium chloride, hydrochloric acid, improves their digestion. Yeah. So now they're absorbing more nutrients, uh, which they, they had been deficient in. Yeah. Uh, women make more dramatic changes than men because men tend to cheat on their diets and they tend to eat more food. Sure. And so that amount of flexibility, of course, helps remedy some of their deficiencies. I like it. But men's problem generally is in weight gain, where they they overeat right. the wrong kinds of right. foods. Right. laziness, of, or, or maybe not knowing how. Well, calories. And, and how do you just, do it? Yeah, they just. How do you, do it? How do you, you can only eat so much of certain, uh, you know. Hey, a year ago, rice and potatoes and. Right. A year ago, Brian Shaw posted a video where he was eating like ten or 12,000 calories and it was pizza, pasta, pancakes. Did you reach out to him or did he reach out to you? He reached, he reached out to me. Because you must have seen that from a distance and like, oh man. like Yeah, Hoffer made some pretty remarkable changes. Uh-huh. And Hoffer had all the same problems. Vitamin D deficiency, no CPAP, uh, insulin resistance, uh-huh. you know, high HA1C. We did his blood test and found out that he had all of the same problems. He had been dirty bulking. Uh-huh. Uh, he had been eating a lot of wheat. Yeah, and uh, I know that the first thing people freak out about when I say to eliminate certain foods from your diet is that these foods are bad. Mm. Well, in those quantities for those right. individuals, uh, wheat can be very difficult to digest. Right, and so uh, you know, I just recommend that you that you eliminate it at least initially, yeah. and see if we can't remedy some of those digestion problems. And uh, generally speaking, I have to take a few pounds off of an athlete who has insulin resistance. With right. Thor, we had to take over 20 pounds, 25 pounds. So you take it off, off of first, and take then introduce the better quality ones. So you come uh, back, and then you go back forward. 100%. Gotcha. Take the weight off first, and of course, that improves insulin sensitivity. Yeah. We got the 10-minute walks. We get the vitamin D3 oh. in there. Uh, just with the calorie restriction in and oh. of itself is the primary. When you lose weight yeah. on any diet, mm. your uh, blood sugars yeah. improve, your blood pressure improves, your Sleep. cholesterol improves, everything, yeah. Yeah, everything improves. So, uh, you know, 
losing weight is is the key. I'm going to sit here and just say that it's the vertical diet. Yeah. Uh, any diet that you'll follow consistently, you know, oh. what's the best diet, the one you'll follow, Yes. Uh, is it, that you can lose body fat uh-huh. on is going to give you that initial improvement in health. Now, long term, you got to look at those micronutrients. Does the diet create deficiencies? Yeah. Are you now getting low in B12, low in iron? Uh, those are the things that I try and remedy. And then with a guy like Hawthorne, when they flipped the script, yeah. uh, and Brian Shaw, yeah. he took off 16 pounds. Uh, you saw him post a selfie with his shirt off. Yeah, he, he looked fantastic. Yeah. But these guys are pro strongmen. Right. They can't be losing weight. Yeah. They, they got to get under 1,300 pound right. yoke. I need to put the weight back on, but then we put it on in a way that they didn't have the digestion problems. Right. They were regular. They didn't have the, the insulin resistance issues. Uh, so is that with the monster mash? It, yeah, and you know the key thing about the monster mash is just that it made those the white rice in particular. Tell, tell them what the monster mash is. I just blend red meat, usually bison or a high quality uh, steak that's uh-huh. been ground. Uh, Shaw uses a, a ribeye now because yeah. he needs the extra calories and fat yeah. to get enough calories in, and he runs it through a meat grinder because it's damn near impossible to eat that much steak right. for a guy that big. Your teeth would would fall out. Yeah. Just That's what I'm trying to figure chewing. out. Chewing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a one, it's like a luxury once a day for me if I'm lucky, you know. Yeah. Because it's a family meal. You sit down, you know, it takes time to eat that. Now, with women, I love to introduce steak because it's it's laborious to, mm. to cut and to chew. And sure. so they, and, and of course they get satiated from uh-huh. the it's extra, experience. from the protein. Uh, but with men, I, particularly ones that have to increase their calories. I use, I have uh, Shaw do the meat grinder. Thor has his butcher grind his meat for him. Huh. And so they're getting like a, a high quality top sirloin or New York or uh, in Shaw's case, because we need the extra calories, the ribeye, the higher fat steak. He grinds it and so he, and then he cooks it and he mixes it with white rice and bone broth. Oh, tell me about the bone broth. Now, bone broth, I'm not going to run around and say that it cures all, you know, like people say about apple cider sure, vinegar. Sure. But it does make One your secret. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it does make the stomach feel better. The collagen does help the lining of the stomach. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole beyond that. I just want to say that when you, and plus it's moist, so it helps you eat more of the rice yeah. that in, in, a, in a situation where you have to be at a calorie surplus, it can be difficult to put down that mm. much rice. You can only take in so much protein to provide you any real benefit in terms of muscle protein synthesis and growth. Uh-huh. When you start, this is one of the things about gaining weight, particularly for me as an ectomorph that I discovered. I kept thinking, you know, I just eat more protein. I build more muscle, right? Well, we know now there's only so much protein you can use. Right. Yeah, you can digest it all, but there's only so much that's going to be utilized for building muscle at any given time and over the course of any given day. Uh, and generally speaking, we think that's about a gram per pound of body weight yeah. and maybe 40 grams per meal. Hmm. That gives you about 100% of the muscle protein synthesis that you're going to benefit from. Right. And then, of course, now there's a lot of talk about the refractory period. Mm-hmm. Where I used to eat every two hours, it seems now you want to wait about three, maybe four uh, otherwise, you're not going to get another uptick of muscle protein synthesis. Right. If you eat a meal and and uh, it's a 40 grams of protein with about three grams of leucine, and you get that 100% muscle protein synthesis spike. Uh-huh. If you eat again two hours later, it won't spike again. Uh-huh. And so, and plus, those two-hour meals uh, can uh, cause insulin resistance as well. You keep start eating eight times a day, which I've done many times throughout my career. Wow. You have to be careful. Have you, you know, does the, is the body sensitized to utilize those nutrients or does it start becoming insensitive? Huh. And so there are some little things. And again, I hate going down these rabbit holes, but sure. 
But uh, depending on where you're at, they're going to apply. You know. Yes. Yeah. It's all depend. Like you said, it's dependent on the individual, their goal, how far along they are, what they've done, what they haven't done. Yeah. Yet. And I used to I used to eat because I needed to get the extra calories, and I used to eat just eat more often. Mm-hmm. And and now uh, I'll eat at least I at least give myself three hours. Yeah. And four might be even more optimal. Mm-hmm. And you see that in, in and I see that in blood work and insulin sensitivity. 24-hour glucose monitoring when I do that with athletes, uh, the, the feedback that I get from that says that that's more optimal uh-huh. for, for growth. Just eat about every three to five hours to have at least 40 grams of protein in your meal. And then if you're a hard gainer, uh-huh. you don't want to be driving protein up too high because we have, there's two problems with that. One, satiety. Right. Uh, it's just hard to eat enough food yeah. when it's protein. And number two is the thermic effect of food. You're getting fewer net calories. Right from protein because yeah. 70% of it really is a net calorie and the rest is burned up uh, as, as a part of the, yeah. the thermic effect of protein. And then there's fats and you can't really build much muscle with fat. Sure. Uh, so uh, you need enough obviously so that all of the vitamins and, and the health benefits stay happy. <laughs> can stay happy. And so I drive carbs. Gotcha. And uh, I found this from, it was interesting, I just read a little blur. Drive carbs up higher? I'll drive carbs higher. It's funny, me and my brother, were both former runners, and we've always responded better when the carbs are higher. Yeah. The protein's a little lower. And again, this is... got this big is, engines, or I, I don't know. This is that broad brush again. Yeah, sure. You know, we're talking specifically about somebody trying sure. to gain muscle in a hypertrophy situation, preferably training twice a day, mm-hmm. uh, not two-hour sessions twice a day, but maybe 40 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, just mm-hmm. to in. in you know, increase anabolism, uh, yeah. uh, amino acid uptake. Again, the insulin sensitivity. Yeah. Those are just stimuli, and the increased frequency, of course, gives you a little more volume. Oh. Then, uh, and now you can take in more food and get it utilized, preferentially for building muscle. Hopefully, yeah. and to get the glycogen in the muscle and the sodium in the muscle uh, with those extra carbs, it's just a, a really happy place for the, for the carbohydrates to to be and to. Gotcha. To, to help recover from workouts, to fuel the workouts, the anaerobic you know style of lifting. Mm-hmm. So I drive carbs at uh, the and Shaw are probably eight hundred to a thousand grams of carbs a day. Like white rice, sweet potato, primarily kind of white rice in in quantity. Now uh-huh. I talk about the vertical diet. There's a foundation of foods. I say you can't put a three bedroom house on a two bedroom foundation. So like I that. build a foundation of micronutrients first. Huh. I like that. Is that what the vertical means? Like so you start yeah. from the bottom, so yeah. you can build to the top. Is that what that yeah. means? And then I make a adjustments vertically with uh-huh. how much more steak or rice I eat based uh-huh. on the individual's demands. What's their workload? Uh-huh. Is this a 240-pound guy training twice a day or is it a 130-pound person training once a day? Gotcha. It's a very different scenario. A lot of folks never even make it to the white rice hmm. because I, uh, I'll try and make sure that they get a potato every day because of the potassium. It's 1,000 milligrams of potassium potato. I want to get 4,700 milligrams into my athletes every day. Uh-huh. If they're exercising and sweating, that becomes critical. Uh-huh. Uh, with the sodium, those two together, your two largest uh, electrolytes, uh, most abundant electrolytes, those two are very powerful together in terms of performance. Huh. And so the foundation of foods includes the potato and it includes the fruits. So you may have used up all of your carbs just with those two things. Gotcha. Particularly if you tend to have a, uh, a kind of a mindset of being low carb. Oh, that's really cool. I guess. So yeah, you're filling out, taking care of the micronutrients, but First. then only adding, God, I like yeah. that. Oh, it's really and smart. And then if you have an increased demand, if you're a larger individual so training. you got to earn order, those extra calories. You can yeah. say that. You can earn them. And, and I, I'll use the white rice because the, the um, pasta pizza pancakes are going to bloat you. Uh-huh. Uh, even oatmeal in any significant amount uh-huh. has kind of a cumulative effect on bloating. 
Uh, I do recommend that if you're going to eat oatmeal, you ferment it overnight. You, you mix it with warm water and maybe a, a scoop of yogurt or some apple yeah. cider vinegar and let it sit overnight. Uh, and then it gets fermented such that when you cook it and eat it, yeah. uh, it's already pre-digested in a way. I say the same thing about legumes, beans. Uh-huh. Uh, beans, beans, magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you too. Yeah, okay. if, if you're trying to gain weight and you end up at the burrito shop every right. day, you're, you're kind of going backwards because it's going to be really hard for your gut to, mm. to digest those things. Gas and bloating. I focus on digestion regularity. It's uh-huh. one of the first things Brian Shaw said to me when he got on the diet. He's like, dude, I'm regular. And it's a real problem. It is a huge problem, and I understand it. I live uh-huh. it. You know, running to the toilet six times a day uh-huh. just because you had to pound down, you know, giant mounds of pancakes and pizza and pasta. Wow. Just thinking that, that you just needed the calories. Right. Uh, and a lot of it was also processed vegetable oils, which everything's cooked in. That stuff's just poison. Gotcha. So I eliminate all that from my diet. And let me use this relationship we all, all understand. If you've got chronic tendonitis in your elbows, elbows from low bar squatting, which we all have experienced if we've lifted weights, you don't fix that problem with glucosamine and chondroitin. <laughs> right? You know? that, that, that's the first thing people Shoot. ask me. Like, Stan, my elbows hurt, you know, from low bar squatting. I'm taking the supplement, though. Yeah. Is there something I can take? Yeah. I say the same thing about digestion. You don't fix all that aggravation to the stomach with prebiotics and probiotics. It doesn't work that way. You have to eliminate the source of the problem. This is no more obvious than what Dr. Stuart McGill says in The Back Mechanic about eliminating the source of the problem. If your back hurts, so you probably shouldn't be in there squatting. So you eliminate the squat. Maybe go to a safety bar squat. Maybe this with Mark 12 years ago. Mm. I was having chronic tendonitis in my elbows from low bar squatting. That's why I ended up with the hands out mm. uh, on the bar or using safety bar squats in training. Mm. was gotcha. because of the tendonitis. That's the gotcha. only reason I did that. Yeah. Uh, and I see it all the time in powerlifting, oh. of course, now. But I, I'm getting away from digestion just to, to, to show you that, sure. that obvious message that when you have digestion problems, it's more important what you don't eat mm. than what you do eat. You can't fix digestion problems with more probiotics and prebiotics and kefir, and, and uh, it just doesn't work that way. You're talking about a bigger idea here. I think it would be a good point now to transition this idea into business and other areas of life you're successful. And he's talking about you can't gain something by giving something up without giving something up. Yeah. yeah you can't. Everyone wants to gain without giving something up. And I think yeah. you're, you're talking on a lot of. Uh, to a lot of different areas of people's lives. Uh, I'd love to talk about your business successes. Which one yeah. are you most proud of? Ah, oh, boy. You make so many I never even like, thought of it that yeah, way. You're an innovator, though. Yeah. I've always looked up to you. I mean, when I first saw you on Shark Tank, I'm like, holy mackerel. Like, I know it's not easy to get on Shark Tank. I've done research on, like, it's an extensive process, and I believe you've got yeah. a, an entire 20-minute video on your YouTube channel that talks about the behind-the-scenes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you've got the cooler, you've got the vertical diet. What other innovations have you come up with over the years? Well, my first business that I started was a telecommunications company. Yeah. And, but I had been vice president of a telecommunications company for a number of years before that. So uh-huh. I had the intellectual property and knew uh-huh. what I was doing. Uh-huh. One of the first things I tell people about How old were you business, when you were doing this? 35, 36 okay. before I started my own business. Okay. So all those many years before that, I was working for other people. Gotcha. Uh, and in a management position, running businesses as vice president or, uh-huh. or what have you. So I, I had a lot of experience. One of the businesses I ran was a multifamily Properties I worked for a billion-dollar REIT. I ran a hundred million-dollar portfolio of properties with no kidding. Uh, many uh, sixty employees, uh, and was very successful with them. And so, one of the other businesses I did was real estate. 
so I had some experience in that as well. I purchased multifamily properties and I, I converted some to condos and sold them and some I ran as apartments. Huh. Uh, and I had a, a number of those properties I had accumulated over the years using the revenue from the phone company. Were we doing this before 2008 or after? Well, that's, that was one of the, it was right in there. Huh. I actually did, was exposed to millions and millions of dollars of real estate at the time huh. the market collapsed. Tens of millions of dollars. Did you lose estate. a lot? I lost over $20 million in the real estate market. Wow. Yeah. You went to bed on a Friday overnight? night. Overnight? Almost overnight is the way it seemed. When I look back Holy at it, cow. it seems like it was overnight uh, because nobody would loan anymore. Yeah. I had just finished a 40 lot subdivision of single family uh, homes. Uh-huh. Uh, we'd sold maybe, I don't know, 18 of the homes and then boom, overnight. Uh, nobody would loan on the homes. We couldn't sell them. We were sitting on all of them, probably in 230000 per home construction costs, and they had to dump yeah, them for right. about 160 So the bank gave you a call on Monday morning? Yeah. <laughs> you know, back then, you could get in on a property for about $1,000 on wow. the land, and the bank would loan you 100% of the construction costs. Wow. And so it was, it was, it was a free-for-all. We were sure. going crazy. Same thing with the apartment communities. 3% down. Mm-hmm. I could buy an apartment community. And they would loan the 3% down included the construction costs for the condo conversions. So I wasn't just buying the apartment community. They were also lending me the conversion costs at the same time for 3% down. Then when the market collapsed, the phone rang and said, we need uh, an 80% debt to equity on the new valuation. And the new valuation, let's just say, for instance, it was a $4 million property yeah. that lost 25% in value. All of a sudden, it's worth $3 million. Uh, and they need 80, 80% debt to value on, on $4 million. So uh, way upside down. Gotcha. They wanted millions in cash because right. I own yeah. multiple uh, properties at the time. So without getting too deep into sure. it, yeah, I just got killed in that market. Did you recover? Yes, I recovered. <laughs> Fortunately, I was but, somewhat diversified. I had the other business. I started a new company. Uh-huh. Uh, an engineering firm. Uh, can I pause you? The, the reason I asked you that was because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to do something out of fear it's going to fail. And, yeah, you and, know, and, I got to tell you though, my risk tolerance now that I have kids, uh-huh. I'm a six-year-old and a four-year-old. You're more conservative now? <laughs> I won't mortgage my home. I uh-huh. won't sign a personal guarantee. All those things I did previously uh-huh. uh, against my real estate, I mortgaged. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't mortgage my home, but I signed uh, you know, personal guarantee. And that was an asset that then was collectible. Uh, or foreclosable against those yeah. apartment communities. So, uh, yeah, I, I was, you know, I was the guy back then with no kids, no mortgage, you know, no wife that would double or nothing. Everything, gotcha. and I was, I was in business to win. Yeah, uh, and I was leveraging. You're playing to win, not playing to lose. Uh, that's that's right. So it's a big lesson. Yeah, and I leverage because leverage is is key, uh, especially with real estate in terms of of making a significant amount of money long term. So. Yeah, I got killed in that market, and you know, I look back on it. It was an adventure. There certainly was. The shame is, is that I remember so many people at the time. Stories in the news, you probably all remember, jumping in front of trains. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember people's homes getting foreclosed, losing their cars, their house, their wives. Crazy. Yeah, uh, it, tragic. So how did you? How did you come out? How did you survive? Did you have? Uh, you know, did you just well, right? my mindset was different. You know, to me, it was all monopoly. It was a risk venture. Mm. Uh, you know, you never really have the twenty million. Mm. It's paper. Mm-hmm. You know, it was equity and properties. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's not something that, that somebody comes and takes from you gotcha. like your home. Yeah. Uh, so I, I looked at it as an adventure. To me, it was always a monopoly. I didn't grow up wealthy, mm. and so uh, you know, I always knew I could 
work, put a house over my head, pot the piss in, food on the yeah. table. That's not hard for me. I don't identify myself by the things that I own. Yeah. I mean, I had a $2 million home and a Rolls Royce. I uh-huh. lived on a lake. I had boats and sea uh-huh. and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And I was sitting in the second row right behind Donald Trump at the UFC fights. Yeah. You know, no I kidding. I was fat cat for a while. No I had, kidding. You know, and I'm certainly comfortable now. I've, I've been yeah. successful since. Uh-huh. I've, I've built other businesses. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm a little more conservative. I don't own a Rolls Royce anymore. Uh-huh. I, I didn't go out and buy a $2 million home. You know, I, I own my assets outright, and I don't have any debt or uh, any uh, – uh, I haven't signed any, haven't leveraged against anything on them. Uh, so everything that I build now, I build, um, you know, with cash. Yeah. I'm a little more conservative in that regard. If I do partner on a business, I don't, I don't have personal guarantee on that. Right. Uh, it's it, everybody's at risk there. What's the importance of investing in yourself early or now? You know, everyone's talking about you got to invest in yourself. You got to, you know, hire a coach. You got to, yeah, you know, invest time and money to get more time and money. What are you, do you resonate with all that? Yeah, I do. I always say pay yourself first, but for me, that was that was a matter of, of some other things. That was, uh, you know, I mentioned in my stress for success uh, rant that at times in my life I had compromised sleep, I had compromised uh, good nutrition and, and exercise, and it impacted me negatively in terms of, of stress and anxiety and, and all of that. Uh, you know, just poor health. I was trying to be successful in business, so like a lot of folks, you work more hours, sure. you know, seven days a week, sixteen hours a day, and you burn the candle at both ends and you sacrifice sleep. Uh, so I did that for a short bit and discovered how, what a horrible impact it was. So when I say pay yourself now, I say that you're going to perform better if you remember the fundamentals. What do you mean by pay yourself first? Uh, make sure that you get adequate sleep. Gosh, are you talking about taking care of the the foundation? Yes. Yep. Taking care of the foundation. The personal foundation too. Yeah. Yeah. The organism, (laughs) the the healthy organism that, that makes all of this happen. Uh, it's pretty interesting because I, I hate bragging about this, but uh, two and a half years ago, I did a video where I talked about my vitamin D3 being low and, um, you know, just being kind of generally not very healthy. I was getting sick too often. Mm. Uh, I haven't had a cold in two and a half years. Mm. Damn near three. That's amazing. And I travel all over the world and I've got kids at home that bring home sniffles from school. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I'm shaking hands and talking to folks and and flying in airplanes and still training hard. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm not taking super greens or anything special yeah. like that, but I've consistently paid attention to, uh, you know, I talked the rant I was doing at the time, I was talking about my vitamin D3 deficiency uh-huh. and I was down at like 20, uh, Brian Shaw was down at 25, Dan huh. Green, 25, huh. uh, pretty critical for health. Uh, is this a, something can be fixed with sunlight or you got to go supplementation? You generally have to supplement. It's hard to get from food. I, ideally, you get sun, but not everybody has that opportunity. Sure. You know, a lot of the folks in the UK or in Canada, for yeah. instance, and uh, Seattle, where I was living for many years, Alaska, where I have clients. Hmm. Uh, you know, I really encourage sun. Uh, Mike Mutzel from High Intensity Health got one of those uh, light machines and showed a before and after of his testosterone levels huh. from using light therapy. Uh, in the home daily, maybe 15 minutes twice a day or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Stasha Gominak, a sleep doctor who was a neurologist for many years, talks about um, light therapy and sun and how important it is for your health and not just mental but physical as yeah. well. Uh, so that's huge. And so vitamin D3 is a big component of my program. Oh. It's right there with salt and a CPAP, vitamin D3. Those are the 10-minute walks. Those are some of the key components. Wow. 
getting a blood test, yeah. remedying these deficiencies, these mm -hmm. micronutrient deficiencies, so and how critical that is for your health. And I found that my it's in inversely related to um, HA1C, so I found that my blood sugar started to go down when my vitamin D3 went up. Uh -huh. My immune system improved. This is about the time I started introducing more salt and more iodine as well. Yeah. Those are pretty critical for immune system, uh, iodine in particular, because it, it, uh, it, it detoxifies the system. I hate using that word, but things like fluoride and bromine, bromide and, and chlorine, they lodge into uh, the same receptor sites as chlorine and they, or as, as iodine, and they wreak havoc on the body. When you start taking iodine, some people get a little iodine flu. Hmm. Because they're cleaning all these toxins out of their system. Interesting. Because the iodine comes in and displaces it. So another thing I mentioned earlier, we compensate in the figure fitness bikini industry with thyroid medication. Yeah. That doesn't fix the iodine deficiency. Gotcha. And the iodine's not just important for thyroid, it's important for the immune system. It's also important for digestion. It's part of the uh, chain of events that occurs to create hydrochloric gotcha. acid. So that's why these things are in my diet, yeah. and, I, and I, I preach about them, all these little teeny yeah. things, oh, you know, yeah. an orange and some cranberry juice and some iron and B12 from your, uh, your red meats and your, your bone broth with the collagen. To me, I'm very selective about all these foods mm. for a reason, the spinach for the, uh, for the potassium, the potato for the potassium, and the uh -huh. magnesium in the spinach. I'm real particular about all of these things because when any of these deficiencies occur, yeah. You know, it's an orchestra. Mm. And if one of those instruments is not there or is out of tune, yeah. uh, it affects everything. You're only as good as the weakest link. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And the body compensates, which is a nice thing, but that can become an ugly thing down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we go back to business? And talk yes. To sorry. That's no, all good. No, I, love, I mean, I'm really curious. We've yeah. got a lot of entrepreneurs listening, Shark Tank. You know, um, you know, where's the cooler at now? And uh, like, what was the relationship like working with Damon John? Oh, what, what, did you, what did you learn from each other? Or I'm sure you taught him stuff too. And you know, yeah, you know, Damon's you? Uh, a lot like like I learned from Mark Bell. Uh, he's very prolific. He's out uh, hustling. Yeah, uh, and that's where you're at now. If you want to develop your own business. A lot of people, they want to go out and get a pro card. Yeah. And they think that somehow that's going to get them some sort of sponsorship. Uh -huh. or it, it, it might be a stocking stuffer on your resume. Mm. But most people now <laughs> build businesses with uh, content. Mm. They, they just value. Have, yeah. You've got your rants. You've got your YouTube channel. I mean, you're here now. 100%. I mean, you came into town. And I'm not even very good at it. But the fact that you came here to get on a podcast, you know, I, I mean, a guy that I learned from Cardone, Grant Cardone. You follow him, by the way? I haven't. Well, no? No. He's the number one sales guy like, in really? the world, Grant Cardone. He, you either love him or hate him. Yeah. <laughs> He's my guy, though. Yeah. I think and, there's something to learn from everyone. But he just beats these social platforms to death. Yes. Like, he realizes it. it's, you know, you can say what you want as much as you want, and there's no bill. That was the big thing I was about to say as soon as you were finished, but you already said it. There's no bill. Yeah. Uh, imagine what it was like 10 years ago if you wanted to start a supplement company. You would have to buy $10,000 a page magazine advertising. Yeah. And that's not good for AMI and their magazines and Flex Magazine and the rest of them because yeah. nobody's, I say nobody, but fewer people are paying significant dollars for magazine advertising yeah. now. Uh, and they're marketing via the internet. Yeah. Getting people to help influencers, etc. cetera. I mean, didn't uh, Shreds build their entire business? Uh, the supplement company uh, just on influencers. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, so it, it's huge. So the point is, is you have to create your own business now. If you want somebody to sponsor you, the first thing they're going to look and see is, is how many people do you influence? Yeah. They're, oh, big time. That's huge. So, so what's growing the growth? Just talk, you know, uh, the, the vertical diet. You're obviously very articulate. You're very well spoken. Uh, 
you don't have a hype demand or about you and you've got the street cred obviously and you've been yeah. around for so long so what uh is the fuel you've got to add to the fire to just make vertical diet grow like what do you need to do more of uh is it more podcasts just more events or is it more marketing what is it it's a little bit of everything yeah. uh i still take on but what's the what's the big mover though like if you do this one thing more than anything else what would really make it go you know, for me, the biggest thing is is that the customers get success mm. from the program. I had this conversation with uh, Hofthor recently that, uh, you know, I've been using the vertical diet with clients for many, many years. And it wasn't until Hofthor's huge success, uh, the, the trifecta of winning the Arnold, the Europe, and the World's Strongest Man, uh, and uh, promoting the vertical diet that I brought it to market. And what's interesting, and this is part of a business story, is two years ago, uh, when I started working with Hofthor, um, I believe that anything you give for free has no perceived value. Mm, I'm glad you it, said that, by it, the way. People got, people got to get off the free train, man. Yeah. Like, your stuff is amazing on YouTube, but you can go so many levels deeper if you actually work with you. Yeah. Like people don't get that. I don't know why. It's well, a, behind the scenes, you should have some sort of product that you can monetize. You know, Mark Bell does a lot of free content, and, and we do that. We give out a lot of information. Uh, when I went to, to Iceland and did that seminar for Hofthor, and uh, the guys wanted to videotape it, and, and then they wanted to put it on the internet, I was fine. My wife was like, oh, my God, you're giving everybody all your information. You did yeah. an entire seminar on the vertical diet. They uh -huh. don't even have to buy your stuff now. Uh -huh. And I said, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I said, you'll see. It's when you give people yeah. information and they and they, they believe it and they understand it and they see that it's credible. And, you have uh, an abundance mentality. Yeah, I cannot watch a video. If I watch a good video on YouTube, I have to watch it again with a piece of paper and a pen because you can't remember all that stuff and, and you can't really effectively implement it without some sort of plan. Yeah. So I provide a plan uh, and I, I tell everybody, we've had a conversation today, I've, I've talked about 90% of what the vertical diet is. Yeah. Um, and, and what you're doing, though, I want, I want them to pick up on some things. One, you recognize there's 7 billion people in the world. <laughs> you know, you, we haven't even, you haven't, we haven't put a dent in the amount. I could no. give away everything I know to my whatever 30,000 people on Instagram. There's still almost 7 billion people I can reach. Well, and with a 90% failure rate, recidivism, those same people are going to keep coming back because that's the, the quandary we're in right now. Is right. Most people, they'll, they'll, they'll jump on something for a while and they'll fall off. And then yeah, that's true. And they fall off. Well, I, and I'm so glad you said that the thing that you need to do more of to for the vertical diet to grow is more just genuine, authentic success stories. Yeah. And that's literally how my... Um, I've grown my coaching program this past year. I'm just featuring my top students in a non-hypey way, just sharing their stories. That's huge. We started that Instagram, uh, and, and I talked about this with my wife years ago, about Bill Phillips' success. Yeah, before From and afters. Before and afters. Yeah. It's just business 101, and he did it better than anybody. You know that book, Body for Life, 75 pages yes. of that book are just before and afters? Yeah. And, I, and I didn't understand why I actually was with uh, Bill Phillips at a private mastermind, and he said, people believe you can do it. They believe Stan can do it. Yeah. And they believe that, you know, your top two, three clients can do it too, but they don't believe that, they, that you they can do it. See so themselves. Your whole business model has to be built around helping other people believe, I maybe I can do it. Maybe yeah. I can give this thing a shot. And that's why I started the, the Vertical Diet Instagram page mm -hmm. and, and they feature the before and afters of people and their success stories. I see it every day because I yeah. get 100 DMs a day from right. people with these great testimonials about blood pressure, about blood sugars, type 1, type 2 diabetics yeah. improving their condition. Um, you know, and I post those testimonials up uh, on the site, 
And then, like you said, when people start seeing that, they start believing it. I, I have a vertical diet book. We just signed a deal with Victory. Oh, good for you. Awesome. And that's going to be out in about six months. That's the group that did Kelly Starrett's uh, book, The Supple Leopard. Oh, good job. And it's the same group that did um, The Paleo Solution and a host of other books. Both were New York Times bestsellers. I'm going to buy a bunch of books from you and gift them to a lot of my students. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate so, it. So definitely, yeah. uh, you know, Grand Bill's been ranting and raving about the uh, the – vertical diet i'm on it i'm getting on it yeah but but i just for like i heard ben talk about it a long time ago and it wasn't like i didn't believe but it's just like you have to hear over and over and over like you're talking about being prolific you can't expect someone to just jump ship like not everyone's a spontaneous buyer if you will yeah and it's you know it's not gimmicky and i right after i say it's not gimmicky i'm going to mention a few diets that i don't think are gimmicky necessarily but uh people jump on these and they might not be sustainable Mm -hmm. they may have some some shortcomings uh, a lot of folks jump into keto because they sure. heard about it, uh, and there's certainly some problems with that for performance athletes, for sure, uh, or carnivore. Yeah. And there might be some now talk about restrictive. There might be some deficiencies that could accumulate over time. There, they serve a purpose. Yeah. Uh, like I said, or intermittent fasting even uh-huh. I think has some benefits and has some drawbacks. Sure. If it works for you, if you as an individual are able to comply uh-huh. with intermittent fasting or carnivore or keto, and you get the results that you need, then that's the best diet for you. Whether or not that's sustainable long term or it starts to manifest deficiencies over time, uh-huh. uh, that's one of the things that I was concerned about. That's why I focused first and foremost on gut health. Gotcha. How does your stomach feel? How Are you regular? Uh-huh. What's the quality of the stool? That matters. Uh-huh. I ask my clients these questions. Yeah. It's important to me. All of the results, in my mind, are just manifestations yeah. of that. They're just side effects of health, of good health. And so I tried to create a diet that was simple sensible and sustainable. I love it. It's not magic. I don't have anything in there that that would be extreme by anybody's opinion. If anything, folks that get on the diet and start to use it just feel better over a very short period of time because they're probably adding some salt, adding some potassium to Uh the diet, left fruit in there getting a little bit dairy, they're getting their iron B12 from red meat, taking a little bit of bone broth. They're just fine. The first thing they say is, I don't feel bloated anymore and I'm regular. And that, to me, is the key to everything else that happens after that because they'll at least be consistent uh-huh. on that program. Now, hey, you just launched, you had a big launch, right, with Vertical Diet Meals, Done For You Meals? Yeah, the Vertical Diet Meals was huge. Please and, tell me you're coming to Canada. You know, we're <laughs> you're going to get asked that a million times yeah, this weekend. Eh? The hard part is is customs. Sure. And so we have yeah. to, we're working with a distributor in Canada that we can send a semi uh-huh. of meals to. These are uh, meals that we prepare and we flash freeze. Uh-huh. Uh, we have millions of dollars in preparation equipment uh, wow. that makes these meals so good. Uh, it's a definitely a, a competitive advantage for us in the marketplace is the taste of our meals. Mm. is extraordinary because we have uh, moisture control ovens. Oh. So when we cook our salmon, the salmon is cooked in a humidity-controlled oven, so it's still moist when you get it. Uh, we use what's called a MAP, a modified atmospheric pressure system, uh, to seal the meals. So afterward, it's like a giant seal meal. Yeah. After we're done cooking it in these moisture-controlled ovens, uh, then when we seal it, we draw a lot of the oxygen out so it doesn't age uh, as quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then we put it into a flash freezing unit. And so we don't have as much accumulation of moisture, which then freezer burns your food. And now we can ship it all over the country. Uh, we cook everything on Saturday and Sunday and ship everything on Monday and Tuesday. And it gets to everybody by Thursday or Friday. So the quality of the food, the taste of the food is extraordinary. And when I went in and worked with their, their chef and their dietitians, we sourced the food from the same locations. I yeah. get my, uh, my bison from Costco. It's great range bison. Well, we went to Great Range Bison, 
down in Colorado. And we said, look, we want to source our food from you. So we got the highest quality ingredients we could, and then we cooked it in, we render our own beef tallow, and we boil our own bone broth. Wow. And so uh, we don't use any vegetable oils in any of our food. Uh-huh. One of the things I can't do is eat it at, a, at like an IHOP or whatever. Uh-huh. Even just go into some eggs because they cook it in freaking canola oil. You can feel it, eh? I, I never make it out of the restaurant. Wow. And I'll, I know. So you're inspiring people to like experience what you're experiencing. <laughs> yeah. And it's for a lot of people. Those processed vegetable oils, I mean, it's, it, it, it's becoming more and more uh, known now how horrible those are. For so, so I asked you about coming to Canada, but I want to just maybe wrap up on you know how you manage opportunity costs because I'm sure you've got big goals still in the States. There's so much more opportunity there. So how do you not spread yourself self thin? And yeah, you can come into Canada. I mean, sure, there's a, you know, are you, is it, you know, you talked about not chasing pennies and chasing dollar bills. Is yeah. coming to Canada chasing pennies maybe now? Or well, you know I'm presenting saying? at the Swiss okay. uh, Symposium tomorrow, and so, or actually tonight. So it's an opportunity for me to touch more people, and, and you cannot lose sight of that. You know, right. people get on their radio or whatever, and uh, you just can't lock yourself. You have to touch people, talk to people. Uh, it's what's nice about uh, the podcast or the rants is that yeah. it's a little more personable. Uh, but then I, I also answer my DMs. I try like heck to answer. I get over 100 a day yeah. DMs from people, at least briefly, or I copy and paste an article that they yeah. can read and yeah. uh, give people answers to that. Uh, you answer, you do Q&As from your, yeah. your, your people that, that come in with questions. So yeah. you, I, you have to get around and touch people, yeah. get to expos, get to do seminars. I still do seminars at clubs. I'll be in Switzerland with Eddie next week. Yeah. I'm back up here in, in Canada, uh, over in uh, Calgary next Beautiful. week. Cool. So, you know, I'm doing, I'm traveling just about every weekend trying to get the word out. This would be a good place to finish off, you know, just talk, touching on a more personal note and, you know, with family, you know, having a partner that's in alignment. Cause I travel a lot as well too. I got mm-hmm. three young ones, five, three and seven weeks. Yeah. So, uh, Congratulations. You know, I think you got three. I've got six and four. My two little ones. Twenty is my, the oldest. Wow. So, yeah. so you got. You know what? So I need some advice here. How do you? How do you um, ensure that the main thing stays the main thing? Family. Yeah, with I always all, prioritize that. I involve them in, in it. The, the, cool. You know, this is what Daddy does, and uh, we go on ten minute walks together, and uh, they're part of. I like uh, it. Yeah, if they're running around in the background and I'm doing a podcast at home and stuff, yeah. and people can hear my kids, and even in the middle of the podcast, Daddy, Daddy, gotcha. Daddy. It's just part of. Yeah, I love that you had an Instagram video. I don't know how much you were uh, doing trap bar deadlifts. You have like maybe eight plates yeah. aside or something, and your little guy walked in front. Yeah, that was so normal awesome. for them. Yeah, you know, I just incorporate them. And, and I thought about that today too. I, just on my way here, um, you know, my dad. Uh, I'm just like him. Uh, now I'm buying my discount tennis shoes. I remember him going to GI Joe's with a on Sunday with a. Um, a, a coupon that he had cut out of the newspaper to go get some eight dollar GI Joe's. Is it getting shoes. scary? Uh, yeah, and so now I've become my father. We joke about that too. That's and, right. And my kids, same way. It's just you know leading by example. Huh. And I just I I have them. They can participate. I take them everywhere. If I go to the gym, they can go to the daycare. If I go to Home Depot, they come with me. And I just make sure that that, that they can participate in just about everything I do. Oh wow! Well, Stan Efferding, that was an outstanding conversation. I thank you so much for sharing. Uh, so many people are going to get so much value out of this. I hope they pulled out the bigger lessons for their uh, personal life, for their nutrition, for their fitness goals, and for their business endeavors. Yeah. So have a killer time this weekend at Swiss. And uh, I know you'll bring the thunder. Yeah. And uh, awesome. let's go get a little lift in here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ted. Hey, hey, hey. If you're an entrepreneur and you are ready 
to take your online business to the next level and you want to jump on a quick call with me or one of my seven figure coaches to map out your path to seven figures, then go to my Instagram at Vince Del Monte and just shoot me a quick DM and we'll jump on a call. We'll see where you're at, where you want to go. We'll figure out your millionaire math, your millionaire path, and we'll see if you're a good fit for a seven-figure mastermind. That's our 12-month coaching program where we hold you by the hand and take you every step of the way to the next level of profits and impact. Look forward to talking to you.